Hi, everyone. Welcome back to Question the Answer. Hey, guys. How's it going? We're going to be once again talking about aliens because <laughs> we love it so much. Why not? I mean, a big story well, just came out. breaking news. Some, we think, bodies were uh, just shown by the Mexican government. <laughs> and the unveiling was so... It was so great to watch, like, these these two basically paper mache things <laughs> are opened in these little boxes and, like, these sheets. It's, I thought it was comical. So, according to James Reynolds at the Daily Mail, um, Jay Musan, who has led investigators into alien phenomenon for decades, stood with scientists to unveil <laughs> two corpses is what he called a, <laughs> I can't even say this with a straight face. A watershed event in front of Mexican Congress on Tuesday. I wonder what Mexican Congress is like. Is I it, know. It's, is it like our Congress, just with faster talking? Were people, like, th- being serious with this, or were they like, okay, guys, if I pour water on this thing, it's going to crumble? <laughs> so, so the aliens are in Mexico. What were you telling me before the podcast that someone said these are the only aliens that so stayed in I Mexico? So I was reading a Breitbart article about this <laughs> unveiling of these new alien bodies. And I, I'm, an, I'm a comment girl. Like, I, I live for the comments of the people. And I'm the one that's like, there's comments? Chrissy's like, who said what? <laughs> How do you comment on an article? Um, and some, someone wrote, the first aliens to stay in Mexico. <laughs> and then someone else wrote... Those aren't aliens. That's Diane Feinstein. <laughs> <laughs> poor Diane. I know it. Leave Diane I alone. Know, poor woman. Um, so these are different, though, because they weren't found from UFO wreckage. Correct. They, they were, were in algae caves or, you know. Diatom, it's called. Algae oh, mine. You have what, a more what? professional name for it than it I did. It's an algae mine. I don't know, but that's what this Jamie Musan said. Apparently, they're, they're 1,000 years old. Um, they were retrieved from Peru. And again, they weren't from a, a wreckage or a crash. They were f- they were found in algae mines and then were later fossilized. Hmm. How do hmm. you how do you hmm. how do you foss- do we fossilize our people? I, I mean, I don't know. Can you fossilize me when I die? Sure. Let's let's put each other in a, in a mine. And is fossilized the same as mummification? I want to surprise someone. Like I want someone to stumble upon me somewhere. <laughs> yeah. Oh, they'll be surprised. All right. <laughs> We'll just stick you in an algae mine. There you go. Um, yeah, so apparently that's what happened. But um, they did x-rays on these folks, or on these beans. Or on, what did they? What did that cute, cutie patootie in front of Congress call them? Uh, UABs or UA... What, U- oh, UAPs. Oh, there you go. UAPs. He, he did speak out about this, by the way. He's oh, he, not happy oh, he, well, about it. But he's the one that testified. Well, he thinks that this is setting setting it back, setting the research back, because he doesn't believe that these are, are true. Um, and it's taking focus away from like the real research being done. So okay, they did. So everyone is calling bullshit on this. But then Mexico took the next step to run these <laughs> things through an MRI machine and a um, as one would as a and a God, I can't talk today. Uh, and a CT scan. Jeez. Okay. <laughs> Here is the. Fo- oh, look, look at him tiny. go in there. <laughs> so tiny. Oh my. <laughs> This reminds me of like one of those stretch, you know, those like stretchy things that was like really big that you could move when you were younger, Mister Stretch or something. Uh, yes, my we have those in my home currently. So it doesn't. I mean, come on. <laughs> I. It's. I, it's skinny. It's little. It's got a big head. It looks like E.T. when he was sick in the bathroom, just without the fat. Like he. Oh my God, here we that go is literally ET. what he. 
That's the same shape, the head, everything. That is what he looked like. I feel. Do you like want to give us another quick synopsis of ET? <laughs> that we all sobbed crying at it. Yeah. I mean, how do you not love ET? Well, they're speaking. Look at it. Look at it. Look I, at it, it. it looks like a toy. This is a toy. This is a toy. And he's like, and here is the vertebrae. Yeah, like. Little tiny Look feet. The they feet. only three fingers, three <clears throat> toes, and one of them had eggs in there. In there, in it, <laughs> as if it was. This pregnant. is not. This I feel like. This is not a, original because we've seen images like this from movies, shows, pictures online that people make up. Like this isn't. I have an idea. They should make this the next pregnant Barbie, <laughs> and release it. Just make a whole a whole alien line. So that's Midge. Um, <laughs> they can't name it Midge, though. Right, right. So, but the thing is, I think what makes this so, also so difficult to believe is that this man, Jamie Masson, he's known for things like this. Like back in 2017, he claimed that mummies that they found in Peru, also in Peru, were alien discoveries, only to find out that they were actually remains of human children. Like he, this, he just wants it. He needs the aliens to happen. Now, can I convince you if I was to tell you that they did testing on these little these little guys, and it had implants of cadmium and osseum. It's considered the rarest precious metal on Earth. In fact, it's so close to the Earth's core that it's so rare. Well, because they were in these algae mines, being Al- fossilized. You're so righteous. Algae. algae. The algae. The algae. Wait, wait. I want to X that out. I'm oh, sorry. <laughs> my cursor back. Okay. Here's the thing. I don't know if anybody there Here, is there is the thing, some breaking news that I I don't know if I'm going to be the first to share this story, <laughs> but it was actually from the show Is It Cake? And <laughs> this I'm sorry to let everyone know it was it was an experiment and it's cake. Oh my God, it's cake. I want cake now. It's cake. That's awesome. <laughs> mm. So you heard it here first. It was cake. It's actually cake, guys. <laughs> it's like that that show Is It Cake? Yeah. But, Yes. <laughs> I love that show. Yes. Oh, sorry. I was listening, I swear. <sighs> yeah. So you, have you ever watched that show with the host? Yeah, it's amazing. Where he's like, Is it cake? <laughs> Can you imagine if someone just rolls this out? Oh, but I think I think that guy sits at home and looks in the mirror and thinks of how much inflection or how different his cadence could be every time he says, Is oh. it cake? He's gotta like spice it up, I'm sure, week to week. Oh, he's annoying. I find him so distracting on the show. I do think what people make on these shows is Incredible. Unreal. Unreal. I never get it right when they do the little guessing game. I'm always I'm wrong it's every crazy. single time. Anyway, back to the aliens. Um so there you go, guys. From Peru, um, tasty chocolatey vanilla aliens for you. Buttercream. Oh, that sounds really good. <laughs> yeah, you'll have to let us know if you think this is real or fake. I mean, the truth of the matter is we will we won't know. I don't think we're ever going to get down to the bottom of, not not these bodies, but just aliens in general. I think it's always going to be a mystery. <laughs> and if it is true, that goes back to our my original theory in our first conspiracy episode where I said they did live among us at one point and they possibly mated with us. Mm, mm. Although I don't know how did you Did they would, look like that? Because well, I don't know. I don't know how you would mate with something that size. It's that's like that's a logistics issue. That's you know? a problem. Yeah. That's okay. A, that's a problem. So, um, speaking <laughs> of a problem, we have we have not figured out something in the world yet, and I really and 
really went hard trying to research this only to end up completely more confused by the end of all my research. What are we talking about, Megan? It's, it's, the, it's the JFK assassination. And I think, I'm, I'm hoping, it's something that everybody is very familiar with or at least knows a little bit about. Um, I don't think it can be denied that... But what the hell actually happened? Nobody can seem to answer this question. Well, I what's why it's coming circulating more now is that, and we'll get to it, um, the story's kind of being reopened a little bit because there's new information that's being released 60-something years later. And... There's been a lot of debate about this. I think this is one of the the most impactful events in American history. I think it changed the course of a lot of things for for Americans. I think it's made people start to really question maybe the government or what goes on. Um, there was conflicting stories. So, so just I, maybe we should give some background on. Yeah, let's start from the beginning. Yeah, I have the original announcement from Walter Cronkite <clears throat> um, of the original announcement of the John F. Kennedy president's death. Say that five times really fast. And almost exactly one hour after his initial bulletin, this now famous announcement. From Dallas, Texas, the flash, apparently official, President Kennedy died at 1 p.m. Central Standard Time, 2 o'clock Eastern Standard Time, some 38 minutes ago. Vice President Lyndon Johnson <clears throat> has left the hospital in uh, Dallas, but we do not know uh, to where he has proceeded. Uh, presumably, he will be taking the oath of office shortly and become uh, the 36th President of the United States. Do you remember watching that? Oh, oh yes. Oh, you saw that on television. I remember television. exactly where I was. It was. I was in second grade in a Catholic school, and uh, the... Um, announcement was made over the intercom and uh, as young kids I mean we were just kind of like shocked you just this just wasn't happening in the country then yeah um, this was really the first president to get assassinated that was well it, it was captured on film Jack Ruby killed Oswald oh. that was on live television Oswald oh, that was, the one was. Who shot the president yeah. that's interesting you remember where this was that was our 9-11 yeah so we remember sure. where we were sitting mm -hmm. at 9-11. You remember where you were oh, yeah. when John F. Kennedy game. was shot and assassinated. I, I, th I can't imagine what people, especially being there in, in person at Dealey Plaza, you know, watching the motorcade go by, and then you're witnessing this take place. And then, you know, how horrific. And I, I was reading, you know, there's books and there's many articles about it, but even the secret, sir, or the... Um, Secret Service members that were on duty, can you imagine, like, the panic that was setting in when all of this was taking place? So that leads us into lots of conspiracy lots of theories, and one of them is with the Secret Service. But I actually went through the exercise of pulling the biggest piece of evidence that there is that has kind of gone against... Well, I don't know. Like, where do you want to start with this? So there was a shooting. So the president was assassinated. Well, the he was 46 years old. He's very good looking. Beautiful family. People loved him. He's in his motorcade. He was a popular president. He was. And this takes place. And the question, I think, first 
well, the question that always has been, was there truly only one shooter? And because who, a lot are debating that there was not with the amount, with the how quickly the shots were fired and the angles that they were coming from and where they hit JFK. Um, and then... So I have the biggest piece of evidence, which is called the Zabruder film. Yes. And I, I put it in here. Would you like I have to, it too. Would yeah. you like to play it? Let's play it. Because this is the thing that is causing all the chaos in the Warren Commission's findings. Yes. The Warren Commission was... Basically, a group of men that was put together to investigate the assassination of JFK. So they put together a report, and out of this report, all these conspiracy theories were born because people didn't really agree with it, and there was a little bit of shadiness going on as this Warren Commission was doing the investigation. Well, and part of their commi- part of their um, findings, and it's called the magic bullet theory, yep. is that... They believed, or their findings reported, that there was one shooter, Lee Harvey Oswald, who fired three shots from the sixth floor of the Texas School Book Depository. Basically, that one single bullet struck President Kennedy from behind, came out the front, and then continued to hit Governor John Connolly Jr. In three different spots. In three different spots. And people are like, there's... There's no way. And there's, there's what's coming out now um, by one of the Secret Service members that was on Jacqueline's um, team, or whatever you call it. There's questions about the bullet itself. So let's start with the bullet. Okay. Let's start, let's start there. With the magic that's, a, that's a big deal. So let's. Here it is. And, and, if you know, and if you look at the picture of this bullet, it's not damaged in no. any way. You, so bullets back then normally don't go through people's bodies. They usually stop in the body and expand, and there's significant damage Correct. to the bullet. However, this magic bullet made it through President Kennedy's neck. Two human bodies. Um, an arm, a wrist, and then a leg, and still remained completely intact. And it doesn't account for the final blow to President Kennedy's head, which is looks like or appears like it's coming from the front of him, not from the, the back. back of him. Right. Before so, you play it, I want to just tell you two more about the Zabruder film. Kennedy was shot in November of 63. Okay. Shortly after that, within a year, we had the Warren Commission mm-hmm. wanting to put to bed for the American public what the happened? whole story. Yeah. Because the longer that goes, the more suspicion, the more angst there is in the country. They got their guy. Oswald was caught the same day. The Zerbruder film, I think a lot of people don't realize this, was not shown to the American public until March 6th of 1975. Most people think the Zerbruder film was thrown out there right no. after this happened. So, Do you know who got the Zerbruder film? Her Rivera on Good Evening America. Mm-hmm. People came to him with the film. In fact, Time Life tried to sue to stop them from showing the film that evening. They got the go-ahead to do it. The country was stunned and shocked after they saw the footage because to most Americans, to see a president's head go backwards, then go forwards, it, it didn't kind of wash with the, the Warren Commission findings. that the bullet hit him In the back from behind. So now they had to do a congressional hearing which, of course, I'll let you grow. Now, wait a minute. You said something interesting because I have footage that actually go says something different about the Zabruder film and how it was um, acquired. It was 12 years after the assassination. 12 years this was after released. the assassination. Time Life bought the film from, from Zabruder. Zabruder and had it all this time. So when did 
Geraldo Rivera come into the picture? In 1975, to show the actual film, Time Life came out with the still shots. Ah, And okay. part of the contracts of Bruder had Time Life sign was, please don't show the hit shot. He yeah. wanted to protect the family from that horror. Got it. Um, but of course, the Zabruder film showed everything. 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 Why didn't this guy, Abraham Zabruder, why did he keep this film? Well, again, he sold, the, the, that was a time well, of the editor. He, yeah. That he, man he, you, you're just showing Dick is Stoli. the individual that bought it from him, paid him the rights for it. So, but again, people all of these years, though, were investigating. Um, and, and they actually had a lot of information. But again, what's bringing all this to light now, and I'm sure you're all going to talk about this, the technology's gotten better, better. to go yes. look into everything. And one of the biggest moving needles is the sound. Because they have a lot of sound on the police monitors, the motorcyclists, the police, who ran constantly, was running constantly. And they had a big investigation when the congressional uh, hearing was held after the Zabruder film. They had a, a company, a sound company go out and the, and the results of that study shocked the, the Congress. They actually said they're over 95% certain two shots, oh, multiple I, shots. I, I believe it. I thought I, I heard three shots. Possibly, yes. Well, then there's talk that there were three shots, but they all came from uh, Lee Harvey Oswald, which there, there's no way. Well, no, that's already, in fact, you're going to talk about this book, but he had a single shot rifle. Yeah. And the sound gap. It's too close together that's what they're saying. for him to reload. Yes. Okay, so once again, there's like so many like directions you can go on this. Let's let's go back to the well, bullet. You want to show the Zabruder let's, film? Let's show the Z Zabruder film. It's so the Zabruder film. This was shown for the first time on Geraldo Rivera, Rivera's late night show, Good Night America. This is uh, very heavy. It's the film shot by the Dallas dress manufacturer Abraham uh, Zapruda, uh, and it's the execution of President Kennedy. And uh, Bob and Dick, would you please narrate what we're seeing as we show this film? This is, uh, this is commercial footage leading into Dealey Plaza. This is the car on Main Street. So this film was taken by actual newsmen. This was spliced together with the Abraham Zapruder film. Yes. All right, so this is the beginning of the motorcade. Okay, what you're seeing now is in slow motion so that you can grasp what is happening. Uh, this is a film taken by Marie Muchmore that leads into the Zapruder film. It's for time continuity. The president is waving to the crowd here. And Jacqueline Kennedy, of course, is sitting alongside him in the open car. Right. This is from Orville Nix's film. This, uh, this is originally 8mm footage. And they're heading now toward Elm Street. They're on Houston Street now. They're going to make a left-hand turn. It's on the corner where they're going to make the turn there that the book depository was. Now, this is the Zapruder film. Okay, so the cars are coming along now into Dealey Plaza? Yes, these are the lead motorcycles of the motorcade. All right, now, with the president and Mrs. Kennedy is also Governor Connolly. Right. right. Now, before he goes behind the sign, the president is waving to the crowd. When he comes out from behind the sign, he is shot, then Governor Connolly is shot. He's already been hit. He's already been hit. And now? At the bottom of the screen, the head shot. That's the shot that blew off his head. It's the most horrifying thing I've ever seen in the movies. Now, the Warren Commission said that all of the shots were fired from behind by Lee Harvey Oswald, a lone assassin, firing at the president. And as you can see, clearly, the head is thrown violently backwards, completely consistent with the shot from the front right. 
Now, this is an extreme blow-up of just the president from the film. Coming out behind the sign, he's shot. He's hit from, he's the, hit here. from the front, too. He's from, from the, the front. front. Now, Jackie doesn't realize what's happened yet. She goes to his aid. And now? He's hit Again, from the, the violent backward motion. Totally consistent with 80% of the witnesses, which said the shot came from the grassy knoll in front and to the right. It's interesting to note how many people is running towards where most folks thought the shots came from. The head goes backwards in the next film uh, from the other side of the street. Oh, God, that's awful. Now, can you mention Americans for the first time seeing this on a video no. in live, you know, in, a live, in live time? This is what, and did you, I want you also to notice where the motorcyclists were. Mm-hmm. They were behind. So that's... They an, were behind his limo. So Do you know that that was Kennedy's choice? They would normally be on the side of his limo on both sides. Because he wanted... He made the decision... To have them back. He wanted to have access to the people and make it look like he was accessible, right? Right. Exactly. Right? I didn't know that was Kennedy's decision. I thought that was a Secret Service person's no, decision. They wanted them to the, on to the, be side on the sides. Of okay. Oh, I mean, even watching it now, the f- I can't imagine what the first lady went through when no. she gets up and reaches to the back of the car. I heard one story where they were claiming she was wiping brain material off the car so that she was, she that was covered correct. in it. The public mm. couldn't see it. Where his brain was over. Oh all my over God, her. that poor woman! It's I mean, even just thinking about her and af- everything that followed after, and you know she's got kids to care for. It's like how do you even make yourself get up and keep going after wit- literally witnessing something like that? So that film know. really kind of makes you go, hmm, when the Warren Commission writes up their report, because it clearly isn't one shot, because he, he's shot once and he's kind of like doubled right. over holding his, his throat, and then you see the second shot. So there's at least two that you can see. There's another report that says there was a third shot that missed everything, and there's actually a picture of like a concrete, um, like, like stand that has the bullet mark in it. Um, so the the Warren Commission didn't help themselves with calming everyone down that this wasn't a conspiracy and theory. Why do we think that is? Why do we think the Warren Commission just decided to say that there was one shooter and th- is it just to close the case and be done with it? So or? they kind of got a little bit of tunnel vision here because... Oswald was the only person they looked at for this, for the most part. They went right after Lee Harvey Oswald. They yeah. had him arrested in, well, there was something that happened with him and Officer Tippett. Um, in, he killed him. It, he, well, after the shooting, Oswald obviously had to make a quick exit out of, the deposit, of the book depository building. Um, and I got to say, I, with a little bit of knowledge, we were there a year ago. We, we went to Dealey Plaza, the book depository. Um, and there's a lot of people there that are still debating over all this. You mentioned the bullet that hit the, the berm, the, the concrete. Berm, thank you. And there's actually proof that one bullet hit the... Remember when you were seeing the film and you saw there was a, like a street sign? Yes. Yeah. It hit the sign. And that casing was found on... And also hit the... The, the berm. The berm. The, the, yes, the curb. And what, so there's a lot of stuff that you're hearing about later that you didn't quite hear here here in this um, when you first heard it. But the Warren Commission, like any other government commission, when there's a huge crime occurring, uh, something that the public is outraged at, the longer it goes, 
the more fanatics you start to hear yeah. from, yeah. the more why. So yeah, it was to their benefit. Oswald did flee the scene. You have, you have eyewitnesses in the book depository uh, that they, they, will tell this. He was upstairs. They heard the shot. Um, some of the roofing came down, the, 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 the ceiling um, from the shots. So they, they all know that. He was found a ways away from the scene. In a movie theater. Officer Tibbet was actually parked in an intersection uh, of this part of outside of Dallas. And what's great about really reading about this, there was a woman who was waiting at the corner. She saw the parked police car. She looks down the street and here comes this gentleman. And I believe um, uh, a jacket walking towards her. She's, he turns to the parked police car, walks, Oswald walks over to the police car, leans in on the passenger side window, talking to the officer. Weird. And then he gets, he's, he walks around the front of the car, Tibbet gets out of his vehicle, Oswald shoots him, and then shoots him execution style as he's down. The woman witnesses all this. Oswald starts walking towards her, and this is, this is her testimony. She thought she was, she was gone. Die. Yeah. She thought he's, he, her testimony is he stops, looks at her, points the gun in the air, and then just turns around and walks down the street where the, where the officer's car was, just keeps walking away. She gave that testimony to the police department. They, then they did catch him at the movie theater. So and you, the more you get into this, the more questions you I, have. And that was my problem. Like, I was so damn confused by the end of this that I w- I'm really glad you're here today because I knew you'd clear a lot of this up in my brain yes, for me. Yes, you've got a lot of info. And there's, so this book um, called The Last Second in Dallas by Josiah Thompson, um, I started reading it. I know you've read it, um, AJ. I haven't finished it, but it's it's really a phenomenal book. I know there's many, you know, there's other books out there there's documentaries there's all sorts of articles but this through the it's looking, so detailed through the looking glass is also a really good documentary yeah um it just um really kind of lays out piece by piece from when it started and where we're kind of at today again i still have to finish it but it is a great book I to mean, read if it's of interest i think my issue with the warren commission is and i understand Get it solved, get it done, let everyone have some some resolution and complete this in their brains and move on. But they did, a, to, like, there was this this little conversation about entrance wound versus exit wound, you know? And the doctors that originally, in a press conference, declared it an entrance wound then was pressured into calling it an exit wound. Mm-hmm. And I know they didn't have the video at that point in time, but but the doctor was saying, no, this entered his body. It didn't exit his body and go into another body and right. then out of the body and then back into the body and then out of the body and then back <laughs> into the body. So, um, and then the autopsy that was done, the pathologist who had very little experience in gunshot wounds, when they asked for assistance, they were denied. And they weren't basically performing a real autopsy. They were just being dictated what to do. Even the photos of the autopsy autopsy are in question. Um, the the people that saw the president's body and then looked at the aut- autopsy photos questioned this has been changed. And they, it right. looks like they sewed his head back up. It looks like something was changed in the actual f- photos that were taken at the autopsy. So, but why? That's and I think that's what what spews this like. 
Yes. It was the government. It, it's got to it be a up. conspiracy yeah. theory. See, the great thing about that book, Last Second in Dallas, is just Ian Thomason didn't really lay out a conspiracy he theory didn't. about who did it. He just, he was, he's been on so many investigations with the JFK assassination um, that he really just wants to lay out is what you were told true? And I think in this book, he, he lays out a lot of facts. It's facts. Will, will let you question what you were told. In fact, like, I think you're going to talk about this, but then, and then just last week. Yes, that's what In we the have. New York Times article, uh, they interviewed an individual who's 88 years old. And for the New York Times to do this, frankly, in a very unbiased uh, it was shocking. It's ast- <laughs> it astonishing, number one, but it's also an admittance that there's more than yeah. what, there's more to the story than what you were told. And that's the New York Times way of really letting everybody know there's a lot more here. And I, and I think, um, yeah, you'll probably talk about yeah, it. Yeah, so the New York Times article, it just they published it, I think it was September 12th of this year. Um, 88-year-old Paul Landis, who was one of the Secret Service agents that was there that day, he was on Jacqueline's um, security team. Mm-hmm. He's coming out, um, sharing his side of the story, and basically he's saying some things that conflict with the Warren Commission. In fact, he was never even interviewed by the Warren Commission, um, which is weird. Why wouldn't you interview him? Once again. He was, he was a firsthand witness. So it's been 60 years, and he wants to tell a story. He does have a, a book coming out um, called The Final Witness. Um, he says there's no end goal. People can draw their own conclusions. A lot of people are like, well, why would he wait all this time? Why would you just now decide to come out with this information. But to me, I mean, he's 88 years old. What is he going to gain f- What's from this? What's he got to lose? I think some, in the article it even said, you know, when people kind of reach the end of their life, they want to kind of put everything out on the table. He obviously lived through some things here. Actually, after this, after the assassination, he got out of the Secret Service. Um, he just, he couldn't handle it anymore. Um, but as far as the magic bullet theory with the single bullet, um, he, he's basically saying he doesn't believe that that to be true. In fact, he, Paul Landis, is the one that found the bullet in the limo. Um, and I think in previous accounts, the bullet was found in the hospital on the stretcher. On the stretcher. So Paul Landis is saying when this, it was so chaotic when it happened, obviously, um, he saw the bullet on the seat and he grabbed it because he knew that would be a piece of evidence and he didn't want people surrounding the limo to, to take it. Well, he he actually questioned himself about he, he was did. gonna leave it, but then and he, he never told them that he found it, and he grabbed it and put it in his pocket. Yes, and then when he got to the hospital, um, he he said that he put it on the stretcher where Kennedy was, um, and the the thought is that it rolled off of that stretcher onto Connolly's and then on to I think an empty one. Um, but I got he in his. What he was saying is it was so chaotic and so he was so flustered. It was kind of very quickly done. Um, and he does kind of, in the article, say that he kind of questioned himself, like the fact that he never mentioned it. Yeah, um, why not mention it? I don't know. I think I think witnessing something, in my opinion, like if you're living through that and you're witnessing something so horrific right in front of your face, do you think clearly all the time? I mean, I know his job is... I don't think you do in the moment, but afterwards, after, and then yeah. 50, 60 years later goes, I mean, I, I guess, why now? Why come out with this now? I don't, I don't, if you look at the facts, I don't think anybody could believe the magic bullet theory. I don't think there is it's a such thing to. as a magic bullet. 
that yeah. can go through that many body parts and still stay intact. But it's there's so many, and this was in 1963. Obviously, we have gotten much better at investigations, much better at a lot well, of things. Maybe. maybe. <laughs> um, the ones we want to be good at. But the question still remains is, like, was Oswald the only one? And Oswald, if you actually try to find a motive with Oswald. It wasn't against the president himself from what I've read. No. And from what I understand. I mean, there's this, and this is where I had to turn off the, the, um, the what's it called, the documentary, because I was so very confused. So Oswald was a Marine. Um, he actually was part of a group that was on a very, very remote, secretive island in Japan. Um, and they think that he got into a little, I, I don't know, once again, but, but what was Oswald's motive was, was what they were looking for. And they thought that he was this, this, um, special agent for Cuba who was upset with the president for pulling out of the Bay of Pigs. And he was passing out like Cuban pamphlets and I don't know, AJ, can you help me here? Yeah, he was a, um, Oswald was more or less seen as a communist sympathizer even moving to the Soviet Union. And actually, his, I believe his girlfriend was from the Soviet Union. He had actually wanted citizenship, from what I believe, from what I've read. And he then eventually came back to the States. So he had some kind of a, a record that they were keeping track of. Now, he was also, in some literature, said he was a sharpshooter, which kind of tied into the fact that oh, he could have done this. Well, the Soviets when they had him in their, you know, when he was over there, his marksmanship was horrible. Hmm. Uh, they said he was terrible. Plus, <laughs> so, plus he was behind the president, not in front. Well, when you, if, if, like I said, w- being at the book depository and you're actually looking out the window that he's, he was looking out of, um, and, and even in this book that um, Megan is showing, many people questioned why would he wait for the entourage to, the motorcade to turn? It had to make a left-hand turn, and he had a straight-on headshot before it made that turn. So the, the, the whole thing, though, doesn't fit the narrative, right? So Oswald um, could have had motive because of his background. Yeah. But the, the fact that... Well, they um, were watching him. There was a report written by him by the Secret Service like two weeks before this happened. Right. So so he was being, you know, yeah. he wasn't like Monitored. off the radar. Right. But, but at the end of the day, you look at um, all the facts, and like I said, this is a rabbit hole. The more you understand and the more you read, the more you hear about individual parts of this story, it gets deeper. The hole gets deeper. And it's like it raises so many questions on the work done. For example, if you even go back to the grassy knoll theory, mm. which most people there will tell you that's where the sh- mm-hmm. apps are some of the... In fact, there's a, there was a man and his young son standing on the grass watching the motorcade come by. Behind him was the grassy knoll. He, he's, he was a military veteran. He claimed he almost felt something whiz by him. And being under fire in the military, he, he'll stick to his story that it, that bullet just missed me. Would be, so the bottom line is that second shot or the first that came from the grassy knoll, and again, interviews of people that were there who were by the fence, by the grassy knoll, and there were people behind that fence. There's, there's pictures that'll show you a guy in a hat. It's in here. It's in this book, too. Yeah. He goes into detail now, about that. Do you know that behind that fence, 
there was a public parking right. lot. Right. People and, were jamming this parking lot to watch, to line up so they had a place to park, they can watch the motorcade. After the assassination, they close out, the, the, the they block out the exits. Well, they find Oswald they, literally within hours, okay? They open up the parking lot. Do you know that not one car's trunk was searched? Not one. Although people, eyewitnesses says the shot came from there. So the, the more you read, you think, how could they not have searched any cars? Right. And the cars right directly behind that fence? Footprints. Yeah. And they even have on film somebody somebody walking back and forth, back and With forth. With a hat on, right? Yeah. There was two people specifically. In fact, some Secret Service agents, when they came to talk to those people, they said, we've already told one of you what we saw. And they go, I'm the first one back here. Hmm. He goes, well, how, someone showed us a badge. So mm-hmm. um, Weird. this is so fascinating that, that how deep this could have all gone. But again, uh, it, it's like everything else today. You question everything. And yeah. now you've got to question your history, right? Yeah. And it's almost, I mean, will we ever know? That's that's the thing. It's like, Probably will we ever not. get down to the bottom of this and really know the truth? Probably not. And not I unless think the killers are still alive and they want to come forward when they're 88 and st- Instead of being a bullet, they're like, "Hey, it was me." <laughs> I don't. Yeah, right. I don't think we'll ever know. I think we can just. I know. We can just guess. Thank you, AJ. Thank you yes. for getting us through that. Because I had every intention of coming in one hundred percent prepared and just got, like you said, so breaking confused. I feel like you could spend weeks, months, like going down yeah. all the all the facts. And again, this book this last full time job is, is really good to read because he really does lay it all out. I mean. Angles, play by plays. It's it's interesting. It's a lot. Does anybody think it's the vice president? I mean, he kind of benefited the most from this. Yeah, well, the rumor mill was uh, right, just flying. I mean, every, everyone will tell you that JFK and LBJ were not the closest. Right, right. I mean, but but that's how politics is. I right? mean, are they ever? Yeah, right. Well, yeah, you, I mean, who's you, you pick? You what's pick. Close? Does Biden pick love Lyndon B. Kamala? Johnson because he's from Texas? He, there was a large. Yeah. There was a large, you know, a political base there back then. Texas was blue, you know. So you, you could, Just you know, crazy. you pick them for your political advantages. But at the end of the day, there this story keeps giving because, you know, at the end of the day, on live TV, how in a, in a transfer to another prison, how does Lee Harvey Oswald get exposed to Jack Ruby walking off the street? Getting into that yeah. walkway. Jack Ruby was a big guy in Texas, by the way. Yeah, who was Jack big Ruby? Big friends to the Dallas Police Department. Big, oh. So they all knew Jack Ruby. But so that's why he was actually allowed by a police officer to go in. Because they knew him. Hmm. So he walks in and pulls out a, a pistol. And on TV, <laughs> shoots him dead. And now Jack Ruby, of course, dies later in prison of, of cancer. Um but again, it's just. Uh, did the anyone story ask him why he did? Well, I mean, well, that might be a stupid. Well, no, I mean, there could be a reason why he decided to shoot Oswald, not, and it not being because he shot the the. President. Well, the storyline was, of course, that he was so upset that he killed the president. Well, I mean, it's an, and that's the obvious storyline. Right. Exactly. But we're in conspiracy theories I today. <laughs> I know. In this picture, I mean, oh, I feel like. And then it, there was a picture of Oswald's um, funeral, and it was just the family. Well, I'm not saying boo-hoo for him. I'm, I know. Well, yeah. <laughs> you know, you can still actually visit the boarding house that he stayed. Oswald stayed for the 
for the couple nights he was there, um, and uh, or not for the nights, but the, the weeks he was there, um, and we actually met this um, one, this older woman who was actually one of the daughters of the family that lived at the house when Oswald stayed. Oh my there. gosh! And she, she'll tell you, she goes, he would come home and he would play with my brothers in the front lawn. Um, you, know, you can actually walk in. There's there's Oswald's bedroom. Um, in fact, in the movie JFK that... Um, Kevin Costner's in. Well, right. I f- what's the director's name? Oh, I was reading about that too. Oliver Stone? Yes, it was Oliver Stone, co- really JFK. controversial. When he went to film, when he was filming the movie, they wanted to film his bedroom, obviously, because it was part of the movie. Uh, they couldn't film it out of his, 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 his regular bedroom because it was too small. So they had to go to the bigger bedroom in the house. It's just fascinating when you see history like that. Um, laying out, and of course she's making a living out of it now because all the well, all the tour buses stop there. They come yeah, in and yeah. talk to her. Um, but you know, it's such a fascinating story. You know, you I, obviously I was around when it happened. It's a moment that never leaves you. It impacts you. I, I totally think it changed the country because if you all don't remember, after Kennedy got killed, assassinated, right after that, his brother gets assassinated, Robert Robert Kennedy, his attorney general, who was running for president against um, running in a primary. And then who dies after that is Martin Luther King. So in the 60s, this country went through three major assassinations. It was a terrible time. People just, absolutely horrific time for this country to go through for our young people to see three major political figures shot. Um, So extraordinary times. Do Do you think we're headed in the same direction? Hopefully not in that violent way. Uh, I, I think um, there's some people believe that that President Trump is is the next. Is well, the Tucker next Carlson asked him that in his interview. He was like, you know, they've tried everything else. The next step would really be to assassinate to assassinate you. you. Mm-hmm. And he said, "Do you ever think about that?" And Trump, I, he didn't seem too he didn't seem too concerned about it. I mean, but I think that's his personality. Yeah, but. You do. I mean, I've thought you do think about. I mean, there's it such a division. People right hate now. him. Hate it's him. not only that, there's such a division within the political realm. Right. I mean, forget about the people. The political realm is so divided I would hope right that now. We would never mm. have to deal with that. Okay. So let's move on to something a little bit more up in the air. A little bit more up in the air is the moon landing. People, um, people are, <laughs> well, some people are questioning if the moon landing ever happened. Yeah, they think it does, didn't happen. I will remember a very specific conversation with my mother or my father when after i saw the movie um what's it called operation avalanche because it was this movie that basically built the moon landing as a big hoax and it was filmed in a big auditorium and it was just all fake and they looked at me like i had 18 heads and i was like no it definitely makes you think doesn't it and they were like go away christine um but where did this hoax all start because everyone was fine with the moon landing until but it's also, we've never been back. We, we have never so been back. So why? That, that is something I do think about. I'm like, we, when was the moon landing? Ni- 1969. Yeah. So we've, in all this time, in all the times we go into space, we've never returned to the moon? It's a dust pile. Why would you go why back? Why would you but go back? There's nothing there. Why wouldn't you go back? What do you, 
Why? You want moon rocks or something? Like an anniversary visit. And it, oh, okay. Do you know how much money that costs? <laughs> yeah, let's, let's spend $28 billion. It's not like a trip to the dollars. anniversary store. visit. Why not? So um, it took 400,000 NASA employees and contractors to put Neil Armstrong and Buzz Aldrin on the moon, but it only took one man to make people believe it was all a hoax. His name was Bill Kazing. Um, he was an employee of Rocketdyne, a company that helped to design Saturn V rocket engines. So in 1976, he self-published a pamphlet called We Never Went to the Moon. This is according to The Guardian. Well, hasn't Buzz Aldrin in interviews said it didn't happen? No. He was, he was, doesn't he have dementia? Well, maybe that's why he said it. I I mean, look at what Biden says. Hold on. I, I swear he has literally said that. So why would people, like, say we've never gone to the moon? So here's here's the reasons, Megan, why people want to question now the moon landing. So one is in the the and they're using the photographs, by the way, the photographs and the actual um, video that was taken. So there's no stars in the photographs. So it must mean it's fake. Uh, okay. The flag. Mm-hmm. Here's a picture. Because the flag that. isn't flapping in the wind. Well, we didn't go to the moon. It's a still shot, like, picture. Yeah, there's so, you know, the moon is, the, you know, so doubters say there wouldn't be no wind because there isn't any freaking air on the moon. However, <laughs> the counter argument suggests that although it looks like it's moving, it isn't. When it's stuck in the ground, it would have been dis- disturbed, and it kept that bent shape. Mm. Okay. I mean, I think we're fishing for that one. Okay, it was an impossible mission. This is the only thing that I found any type credible, which is the journey itself was impossible be- impossible because of something called the Van Allen belts. Van Allen belts are huge belts of radiation that surround the earth. It's been claimed that humans would not be able to pass through these belts without being subjected to legal doses of radiation. So radiation sickness occurs when you have been exposed to around 200 to 1,000 rads of radiation within a few hours. Now, the truth is NASA made sure that the spacecraft was well insulated, so actually the average dose of radiation over the eight-day mission was just 0.18 rads, which is basically similar to a chest X-ray. Okay. I mean, if if a chest X-ray is going to kill you, then I'm I'm on my way because I can't tell you how many pictures they've taken of this <laughs> damn knee. So aren't we all then? I mean. There's no footprints in the moon or on the moon. You can still see where the different Apollo missions landed and even the footprints of the astronauts from space. So the images show the Apollo spacecraft in exactly the right locations. And amazingly, you can even see the astronauts' footprints as they are more explored, as they are explored their lunar home. I know, you're like, <laughs> please get it out. <laughs> Words are hard today they for Christine. They are hard. Um, but wait, there's more. Okay. People are even questioning the famous saying, that's one small step for man, one giant leap for mankind. Armstrong, who died at the age of 82 on Saturday, August 25th, maintained afterwards that he actually said something slightly different. That's one small step for a man, one giant leap for mankind. Okay. Well, it sounds better the other way, and it's still the same message. I don't see the I don't see the significance here. At uh, there all. is not one. Um, I I would like to believe that we went to the moon. We went to the moon. <laughs> you know, I I really don't like. I mean, I wish we. I personally think we should go back. 
Let's have we'll a party send, up there. We'll send you. I think Elon, Elon Musk, Musk is going to yeah. send all you guys up let's, there. Yeah. Balls let's go. Aldrin in an interview with Conan O'Brien is when he made those comments, but he was only talking about some networks showing animation spliced in with the actual footage because not everything could have been in, was photo, uh, photographed by NASA. So to, sh- to make oh. it a continuous timeline, a lot of networks had animation leading up to some of the actual footage because NASA spent a lot of money on the camera, the black and white camera well, to sure. capture the icon- iconic moment. But some of it um, to fill in was, and that's what Aldrin was saying. Well, no, you actually didn't really see that because that wasn't really on the film, but that was, so he was, he was really saying what you were seeing from some networks was animation built into the actual film of them, of them landing on the moon. I have that. So do you want to watch it? Yeah, let's watch it. I think I have it. It is incredible in 1969 mm-hmm. you can still get this type from the moon. From the moon. Okay, Neil, yeah, we can see you coming down the ladder now. Okay, I just checked uh, getting back up to that first step. Uh, it's, uh, Could you imagine what this man is feeling right now? That's uh, one small step for man, one giant leap for mankind. That's it. I think that's incredible. I mean... Looks real to me. It looks real to me. It doesn't look like it, that happened in an auditorium. I mean, people somewhere. were people were <laughs> people were even questioning like the light in the photos. Like it had to be artificial because of the shadows, and basically the astronaut in the shadows would not be visible I, with a single light. So I think there's just people out there who will take any story. Don't worry, MythBusters totally debunked. Oh, I loved this. MythBusters. I know. So they recreated it, and the picture shows the astronaut perfectly within yeah, a single yeah, yeah. light source. So. I just feel like people, there's people out there that, you know, they got to keep it interesting. They're going to always come up with some sort of conspiracy. But the moon landing, I mean. I mean, it makes for a good show. It does make for a good show. It makes for a good show. JFK, though, man, that's a doozy. I I will walk out of this room probably. I I tried to read this book, but I did it after surgery, and I was on way too much oxy to understand. It it turned out to be a different book for Chrissy when she read it. (laughs) I need to, like, I need to start over and just. um, I know. I need to finish it because it really is fascinating. And I'm interested in in this Paul Landis book that's coming out, too. I I definitely would want to read that. Yeah, because I think think it could be interesting. And then maybe we'll come back and sound a little more intelligent, and AJ can help us out again. So. All right, guys, that's it. Conspiracy Theories 2.0. Yeah, that's a wrap. Thank you, AJ. (laughs) Big help from AJ today. Um, Have a great rest of your day. Bye.